Hello and a very warm welcome to our October podcast. My name is Emma Lambon and I'm an advanced nurse practitioner and board nurse for North Norfolk Primary Care. I'm here with my podcast partner, Emma Smith. Hello, I'm Emma Smith and I'm an advanced nurse practitioner in the Director for Clinical Services and Quality for North Norfolk Primary Care. This is a podcast, eight to ten minutes of an overview of any new or changed guidelines from NICE this month, which are relevant to us in primary care. And it's in conjunction with the NICE guideline monthly newsletter, which is distributed to all North Norfolk clinicians. This month, we have updates to three NICE guidelines. They relate to postnatal care, obesity and self-harm. We also have an item of clinical interest to share with you relating to reoccurrent Clostridium difficile infections. Okay, Emma, can you bring us up to date with the first update, please? Yes, sure. So the NICE guideline on postnatal care has been updated on the 27th of September, um, which covers all aspects of the first eight weeks after birth of um, and postnatal, postnatal care. And the update provides us with areas for quality improvement especially pertinent to us in primary care is the new sixth quality statement which covers six the six to eight week GP assessment for women after giving birth. This is carrying out an assessment of the women's physical and psychological health and well-being six to eight weeks after having a baby and also hopefully will then prevent delays in diagnosing treating any problems and improve health outcomes essentially. NICE advised that there should be enough time to allow focus on the woman's mental health and physical needs and respond to any concerns that she may have. Um, GPs will be able to refer women to other healthcare services, including specialist services for ongoing investigation, management and support if it is needed. NICE recommends that the maternal check should focus on several aspects, these including a review of the mother's mental health and general well-being using open questioning, the return to physical health following childbirth and early identification of any pelvic health issues, any family planning and contraception needs, any conditions that existed before or arise during the pregnancy that may require ongoing management, such as gestational diabetes, any pelvic pain, etc. Okay, thanks, Emma. That's a good update. Um, also updated this month in the NICE guidelines is the CG189 on obesity. So that's identification, assessment and management. Um, it's in children aged two and over, young people and adults. It updates the recommendations on the identification and classification of overweight and obesity, which were the previous guidelines of CG189 and PH46. So the evidence of measurement for obesity has been reviewed and NICE recommend using BMI as a practical measure of overweight and obesity, but to interpret it with caution because it's not a direct measure of central adiposity. For example, in adults with a high muscle mass and in people over 65, you want to be considering functional capacity and comorbidities. In adults with a BMI below 35 kilograms per meter squared, uh, NICE recommend to measure uh, their waist to height ratio as well as their BMI and use these measurements to help assess and predict health risks. So there's really clear instructions in there to measure height, waist to height ratio. Um, and that is to find the bottom of the ribs and the top of the hips, wrap the tape measure around the waist midway between these two points, which would be just above the belly button, 
ask the patient to breathe out, no breathing in while you're doing it, and take the measurement. So you want to have the same unit, so in centimetres or in inches, and you're going to divide it. So you, for example, you'll get a, a ratio of uh, 0.57 if the height was 96.5 divided by 170 centimetres height. The degree then of central adiposity is defined as follows. So there's healthy, which is a waist to height ratio of 0.4 to 0.49. That means there's no increased health risks. There's increased risk with a waist to height ratio of 0.5 to 0.59. And there's further increased health risks with the ratio of 0.6 or more. So those classifications are on the website and they're in the newsletter as well. Um, they can be used for people with a BMI of under 35 kilograms per metre squared of both sexes and all ethnicities, including adults with high muscle mass as well. Um, and the aim is to keep the waist measurement half of the height measurement. OK, so how do we use these measurements, Emma? So NICE recommend, first of all, asking the person's permission before talking about the degree of overweight or, or obesity and to discuss it in a sensitive manner, obviously. Then we can use the measurements to give adults information about the severity and the impact this has on their, on their risk. So that's going to be for developing other long-term conditions like type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, hypertension, dyslipidemia, certain cancers, respiratory, musculoskeletal and other metabolic conditions like non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So we can discuss that with the patient and then agree the level of intervention that's going to be needed. Um, and that will include things like recommendations on lifestyle interventions, behavioural interventions, physical activity, dietary, um, pharmacological interventions maybe, and possibly even surgical interventions. Okay, thanks a lot, Emma. That's really, really useful um, to know. And obviously I'll have a, have a good look at that, that new guideline. So now let's move on to the update with the QS34 NICE guideline on self-harm assessment management and preventing recurrence. This is a really detailed guideline, which is a really useful guide for us all, for all of us clinicians in primary care, consulting with a person who has self-harm or is continuing to self-harm. And obviously with consent from the person and their family members or carers, the guidance is to basically consider referral to mental health for psychological assessment or to inform their existing mental health team. NICE recommend making the referral a priority, for example, when the person's levels of concern or distress are rising high or sustained, and the frequency or degree of self-harm or suicidal intent is increasing, or the person providing assessment in primary care has general concern, or the person asks for further help and support from mental health services, and also levels of distress in family members or carers of young children, young people and adults are rising high or sustained despite attempts to help. If the person who is self-harmed is being supported and cared for in primary care, we should also ensure that the person has regular appointments with their GP for review of self-harm, uh, an overall medicines review, information about other social care, voluntary or non-NHS sector support, and self-help resources, and also care for any coexisting mental health problems, including referral to mental health services as appropriate. There's also a great Nice Talks podcast from 
Professor Kapoor, who is the topic expert on self-harm for NICE. And it is available via the link in the newsletter this month and is well worth the listen. The, le- the link is also available, obviously, on the NICE, NICE guide, guideline website. Thanks, Emma. Now let's move on to an item of clinical interest, and this relates to reincurrent infections of Clostridium difficile. Um, so NICE has recommended a faecal mi- microbiota transplant, FMT for short, and they're recommending that it's offered to people who have been treated for two or more C. diff infections without success. FMT treatment aims to restore a healthy population of gut bacteria and involves transferring gut bacteria and other microorganisms from a healthy donor's poo into the gut of the recipient. So this intestinal bacteria can be delivered through a tube inserted directly into the stomach through the nose or alternatively be deposited directly into the colon through a tube or swallowed via a pill. Clinical trial evidence demonstrates that FMT treatment is significantly better than antibiotics alone at clearing C. diff and resolving 94% of infections completely. Brilliant. Okay, thanks Emma for that information. Um, It obviously could not only be a cheaper option, but also easier for the patient too to, to tolerate. Um, Well, thanks. I think that's all we've got time for this month. We hope you've enjoyed our nice update. Please let us know if you have any ideas or suggestions for future podcasts. We're welcome of all or or any feedback at all. So take care, everyone. We'll see you next month. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.